The first word that many people of us learn as children, one of the very first words is the word no. It's also one of the first words that we learn how to spell. However, as we grow into our lives, sometimes we find it hard to say that word because we want to make other people happy. We also don't want to hurt other people's feelings. Me being a very empathetic person, I definitely, the last thing in the world I want to do is hurt someone else's feelings. But not being able to say no can sometimes be a no to the things that I want in life. And as Lisa Turker says, sometimes saying no is saying the best yes to yourself. So today, give it a listen. If you haven't been creating boundaries and saying no, if you're not comfortable saying it, or sometimes you find yourself slightly uncomfortable saying it, I think you're going to get a lot of enjoyment of what I bring to this episode. And you'll be surprised at, or you might be surprised at what inspired me to talk about the subject today. Hope you enjoy. You are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. This is a podcast dedicated to self-improvement, self-discovery, living your best life, and managing your money. I'm your host, Ella, and I hope you enjoy listening today. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to For Better Self and Net Worth podcast. It's your host, Ella, and in the background, you'll hear my wonderful co-host at large, Big Simba. He is sharing the love through purrs if you hear him in the background. This week, I wanted to do a book of the week. I originally had one set out, but I became very inspired. I even changed the entire subject of what I'm going to talk about this week after watching an Amazon Prime documentary. Now, for those of you who know me, You know, I don't really watch a lot of television or take a lot of time to, but I had a Sunday to myself. I wanted to relax and I came across this documentary on Amazon Prime and it just launched Friday called Lula Rich. And Lula Rich is a documentary about a company called Lula Row. And Lula Row is a direct sales company or multi-level marketing. I think those two terms are used interchangeably. And this company, yes, they charge people a fee up front to be able to sell the products, but they did so much more than that to manipulate their affiliates. I, for one, I'm going to go ahead and put this disclaimer out there, but I really don't have a problem with direct sales companies, MLMs. A lot of the products are going to be priced higher than what I would project them to be priced at, but you're helping a friend out when you buy from an MLM, just like small businesses, the attire, the food, the things you buy when you support a small businesses, you expect to pay a little bit more money. I don't really even have a problem with paying a little more for most products. I'm wearing color street nails. As I record this, I have a lot of things from pampered chef that I get for Christmas a lot, just because my family knows that I love to cook in my spare time. And I also love essential oils. I use essential oils for cleaning and the doTERRA brand does have a better smell to them and more concentration than some of the other essential oil brands that I've used. And I'm supporting a friend by using them. So I don't really have a problem with direct sales or MLM companies. If you decide to buy from them, that's up to you. If you decide to 
join one, that's totally up to you. It's not really my cup of tea just because I've been selling full-time for companies that pay me to sell. I don't have to pay them any kind of a startup fee or anything like that. They basically pay me to sell their products. They also pay insurance benefits, all the works. But again, don't take this as an attack on MLMs. But what the findings of this documentary that I really want to point out is this business started with a lady. She made these really flamboyant maxi skirts and I guess high-end leggings, they were all had the flamboyant patterns on it. I don't think I've had personal experience with LuLaRoe. I say that, but I have a pair of leggings that I've thrifted that I'm pretty sure are LuLaRoe, but I can't see what brand they are. They don't have the tag in them, but they're leggings that last for a long time. They have these nice printed patterns on them that you can only get through LuLaRoe, but actually they found out that those were copy um, right infringement as well. That's another part of the story. They're super comfortable and they fit like butter. That's why everybody was buying them. That's why people are wearing them. And she found out that she could sell these on her own. And then allegedly that's how the pyramid thing started. So she got other women to sell her stuff. And to before LuLaRoe became a big name, she would charge them $5,000, give them a leg and then let them sell it on their own. And that kind of how the pyramid structure started. And then you had the direct lines and the uplines. And of course, the people that are at the top of the pyramid scheme are the ones making the most money. And the people that are selling it to you, they're getting a commission. But the people that are above them, that recruited them, are getting a commission. So it's kind of that format. And what has happened was a lot of women were joining this company. And they were getting, when they placed their orders, they didn't really get to choose what they got in their inventory. And they were even getting defective inventory. They were getting leggings with holes in them. They were getting leggings that had a condensation in them and smelled, quote unquote, like a stale fart. They had leggings that were coated in Windex. Just so many defective products. And they were getting patterns that nobody wanted to buy. Again, they had no say in what they bought. So when the quality went down, they were basically told, hey, no, it's not the quality. It's you. You're not selling this. So they're telling them that they need to be better salespeople. And whenever they posted about it on Facebook, LuLaRoe took it upon themselves to censor people's different opinions or any opposition in this company. So Facebook censorship, that's something else that I could unpack all on its own, but I'm not going to. Yet anytime somebody said something against them, they would find ways to censor them and basically silence their voices, reporting them. Here's one of the biggest things about them is a lot of the affiliates were peer pressured by the CEO to get plastic surgery in Tijuana and that plastic surgery would shrink their belly. She wanted a certain look promoting her brand. They were pressured to be in full makeup and photos, to be a certain type of skinny, even though those leggings were meant to be one size fits all and super comfortable. They wanted a certain shape wearing those leggings. So they were peer pressuring a lot of these affiliates to get these invasive plastic surgeries. And these surgeries ended up causing health issues along the way. They also pitched, and I've... I've actually seen this firsthand with some of these companies before, not all of them, but some of these, but they were telling the women that they could retire their husbands. So they went after stay-at-home moms. They went after housewives. They went after women who 
you know, just didn't have a lot of money. They were scraping by and they were saying, hey, they can get the income, they can have financial freedom and they can retire their husbands. Here's the thing about having them retire their husbands. They came on strongly for that because they knew if they could get these women to retire their husbands, that they would only have that one strand of income from LuLaRoe. So they got manipulative into the business of their families. And the first, so that one of my notes, so my first company, they said that they were the first direct sales company ever to be sued. They're actually in a case right now. So it's the state of Washington versus LuLaRoe. They're the first people to be exposed. And I personally just don't believe that all sales companies are like this. I'm finding a lot of toxicity in this, but what I'm seeing is a lot of people join these sales companies, not just for selling the product or making extra money. They're joining this because they want to feel like they're part of a community. And these communities often got toxic. So this episode, just going to reiterate this, it's not to really attack MLMs or direct sales. What I took from watching this series and what I kept asking myself is at what point did these women, and yeah, mostly affiliates are women, what point did these women realize that they could say no? When did they set boundaries for themselves? How long did they let this control their lives? Yes, they were making a ton of money, but when the company went downhill, a lot of these women lost everything. They lost their houses. They lost their cars. They were peer pressured into making LuLaRoe their only source of income. And this company took everything they had from them. So my question of this is, at what point did they realize that they could say no or realize that they could set boundaries? And what drove them to make these decisions around their finances? Now, you'll see a lot of things in the stories. A lot of women went into a lot of debt, five, $20,000 in debt to sell these products. And that's something that they said that they didn't encourage people to go into debt, but they do also say, hey, do everything you can to make this investment. So these women who have this inventory never sold it. And I actually know some people firsthand because I posted a teaser about this podcast and had a lot of girls tell me, yeah, I, I signed up for LuLaRoe and I've got an inventory that I never sold or I got screwed out of this. Thankfully, they were I was able to get out of it. They were able to buy back their inventory. Just different stories of how this company had screwed them over, attempted to screw them over. But this is kind of where I get to it is what I want to get to this is we've all made financial decisions, maybe not as detrimental as the LuLaRoe as far as having four or $5,000 in debt, We've all made bad decisions around money because we were pressured into it. We have all made bad decisions around life because we were pressured into it. So this leads me to the topic, and that is the magic word in time management, money management, self-management, the magic word that you need to be comfortable saying. And that word is no. Why that word is so hard for us to say, it's beyond me because naturally we want to we want to do the right thing, or we kind of act on our emotions. We sign up for things that, you know, just ultimately just suck our time away. We agree to make plans that we really don't want to make. We've been on dates we really didn't want to go on. We have bought things that we really didn't need, all because somebody had pressured us to do it. And that is where I'm getting to in this episode is the power of saying no, how to say no, and how saying no will ultimately set you 
So I'm circling back to the peer pressure aspect of making purchase that I wasn't ready for or saying yes to a commitment that did not serve me. And well, nothing can really bring me to purchase a $30 pair of leggings. However, I, when I was in college, I did get hooked into a cosmetic company that ran in a similar way that the LuLaRoe ran. And I did it because a lady I looked up to was doing it. And she was talking about how she was going to make an extra income, how she had these goals. And I was like, wow, she's got a lot of goals. I kind of want to be in on that. And I wanted to make a little extra money. I was a poor college student and I had plans to move to a big city after college. And I wanted to save up a lot of money. So I joined this this cosmetic company and I paid, I believe it was like $175 investment for skincare, various pages foundation. And quite honestly, the skincare system by itself broke me out in a bad rash. I had very sensitive skin and I shouldn't have been using this in the first place. Went to my dermatologist, my dermatologist said, Hey, quit using this stuff immediately. Well, I had this makeup and I had all these samples. So what did I have to lose? I had makeup that I could give to people. I could still sell it, right? Well, I didn't really have to buy a lot of inventory, but as I got deeper into this company, this was, of course, after the person that recruited me, she actually had stepped back and said, hey, this is not for me. But that didn't stop other people that were above her from harassing me about why I wasn't selling Mary Kay. Oh, oops, I said the name. <laughs> Anyways, she harassed me about why I wasn't selling it and why I wasn't buying inventory. And I told her, I was like, hey, I really don't want to. I'm just doing all the side. I'm doing this for fun. She said, oh, well, for you to make any kind of commission and get your discount, you have to sell this much. And I said, well, nobody told me that firsthand. Oh, yeah, yes, I told you that. I said, no, this is the first time you're talking to me. Well, you were told before you signed the contract that you were supposed to sell this much. I said, well, I don't want to. And I hung up on her. Well, this person had proceeded to call me through two or three times. And both times I was super busy. I think I was in a wedding one time when she called me, but she kept getting super assertive and super aggressive to me about why I was not selling this, this makeup. Then she had other people contact me. So it goes beyond signing up for this, this commitment and this company went beyond me spending money that I shouldn't have spent buying a kit. This went beyond my peace of mind. And honest to God, every time I see anything that resembles that company, I just, I cringe and I get angry. A purple passion is not, it's too cliche to tell you how I really feel about this company. But that's just a example of a purchase I made and a decision that I made, one, without having all the information, and two, that I just ended up regretting. And, you know, the biggest thing about that whole experience was the peer pressure around it. The constantly having to meet for weekly meetings, the let's get dinner, the people that were wanting to be my friends until I decided not to have anything to do with this affiliation. I, a couple years ago, I bought products from another one of my friends. She was in this company and they were a health related company. And they were actually judgmental of other people's health. And it was because they weren't, 
you know, people had health problems. It was just always because they didn't take care of themselves, which is not always the truth. I kept hearing that and I said, yeah, no, I'm pulling away from these people. I, I was buying the product just to support my friend, but I saw it was the same kind of a company, same format and knew that I did not belong in that setting. Then I had a rep from a company called Herbalife. I think that's the company they do the fat wraps. She came up to me at a fair, didn't know me, and forcefully gave me her business card. She's like, here, you need to try this. I was a size four, five, eight, and did not have anything to pinch on my body. Yet she thought I needed fat wraps. And I remember my mom having to talk me off a ledge on that when I called her. I was really upset about it. She said, Katie, that is just a salesperson trying to meet quota. It's a pushy salesperson who wants to meet their quota and they're making you feel bad as a way to hook you into it. Well, something I very, I, I have a very, very dis- strong disdain for is aggressive and pushy salespeople. Let me tell you why. I'm a salesperson. I've been in sales for over 10 years and I've been successful at it without having to be aggressive or pushy. I am a successful salesperson because I tell people how my product is going to benefit them and how to pitch it. I use it as a solution, a way to help them out in their business. I don't have to push. And the first thing you need to know if when making a purchasing decision, if somebody is being pushy about it, if they're taking your keys away to make you sign the deal in the car, run and then report, a, you know, please report for the keys they took away from you. I had that experience one. If somebody is telling you another example, I was looking to buy a house and I got approved with another lender. And just to kind of weigh my options, I talked to a different lender and I said, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to buy a house this year. I'm actually saving up for a down payment. This lady who did not know me, did not know my finances and did not know the way I managed them said to me, she's like, well, if you wait too long, if you wait to save up for a conventional loan, it's going to backfire on you because property taxes are going up. And I said, let me tell you what backfires on me. Pushy salespeople, because if you had a product that was worth selling, you wouldn't have to be pushy about it. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not trying to push you into anything. I'm not trying to, you know, make you buy something you don't want to. I'm just telling you the facts. And I said, that's not the facts for me. Please don't call me again. I feel very strongly about it. Well, let's see, going back to that. So I have the same anxiety if I'm dealing with any kind of a pushy salesperson or no, I'm going to. Another example, anybody's been to Opry Mills Mall, you've got those people in the kiosk that are coming in saying, hey, can I ask you something? Can I ask you something? They're trying to push their products on you. I have mastered walking right by them, not even looking at them. If they want to ask me a question, I just say, no, I'm busy. And I just keep walking by. Or I have strategies around department stores and not walking by a pushy cosmetics person. I don't think that's a thing anymore. I think Ulta and Sephora changed the cosmetics game. But that used to be a thing of, you know, dealing with the pushy people. And the reason, the other reason I resent them so much and I resent the the pushy salesperson is because I have been manipulated by a pushy salesperson. We all have. And what I've learned is the more I practice saying no the more comfortable I get saying no, the less I'm having to deal with that. And that's what I want you to take away from this episode is be okay with saying the word no. 
if you look back at a younger version of yourself and you look at some of the purchases you've made or any kind of decisions that you regret, why you may think to yourself, why didn't I just say no? Why didn't I just walk away? Why did I just decide to go home instead of going to the bar with my friends? Why didn't I just say no to, you know, this car that I signed a five-year contract to, or why didn't I just, just really any purchases. If you're in a store buying a person, you get a pushy salesperson, you look at that and you're like, okay, do I really like it that much? Do I like it $1,200 much? Why didn't I just say no? So the book that I almost made the book of the week was called The Best Yes by Lisa Turkhurst. And I think it's pronounced Liza Turkhurst. Actually, Liza, because I've listened to an audiobook before, but I've read a lot of her stuff. And the consensus of this book is basically when you learn to say no to a lot of things. So prior commitments, if you're a parent and you're getting roped to be on the PTA committee, if you're, you know, people are asking you for favors because you're single, if you're volunteering too much and you just find that you don't have a lot of time to yourself, I had that experience as well. I did a lot of volunteering in 2019 for a couple of causes I was passionate about. And I was constantly asked to be on committees. I was constantly asked to take time out of my week to attend meetings. And I've had to learn because I, because I felt passionate about the cause and felt like guilt around it. I said yes to it, but I learned, you know what? It's okay for me to say no and to be selfish with my time and keep it to myself. But that's the biggest thing that Liza Tarker says is when you are able to say no to things that do not serve you or what I would say, if they don't create wealth or health, if they're, or if they don't create wealth or they're good for your mental health, it's just worth saying no to. It's okay to say no. And that's what she kind of gets to is the best yes to you is saying no to something that doesn't serve you. So when I go back to the... Lula Row thing. I keep wondering when did these women realize it was okay to say no? Was it when they were asked to do this invasive surgery? When they were told to pressure their husbands to quit their jobs? When they were told that they weren't feminine enough? When they were told that the issue was them and not the product? When did these women find the boundaries? When were they comfortable setting those boundaries? Some of these women lost everything, meaning they had their cars repossessed, their houses were sold before they realized that they should have set boundaries. One lady said, yes, it was the most money she had made in a short period of time, but she then began to say it was the worst decision she ever made in her life. And she said yes to something that maybe she felt in the time was the right decision to make. But ultimately, she said yes to something very toxic in her life that was not going to build the dreams that it once promised to build. Circling back to this, I think the reason this episode or this documentary was so triggering for me or just seeing these stories is they were taking advantage of women in a low place in their life, women who were stay-at-home moms and relying solely on their husband's income women who are down on their luck. There's all these stories saying, Hey, I was living on food stamps. And then I built this life with uh, this pyramid scheme that I joined. And that is something that you see that. And you see somebody that was being manipulated. And I've seen it with these women, but 
I also see in other situations, I told a story on my podcast about a year ago where I dealt with a pushy car salesman. After telling him I wasn't ready to buy, he tried to make me sign the papers. He took my keys and I threw a fit. Long story short, I threw a fit because that guy was undermining me. He was undermining my intelligence and he was not listening to me. I, you know, got sassy with the lender, the girl that was telling me about her product because she was undermining me. She thought she could use fear tactics to help me make a decision that I wasn't ready to make. And at the end of the day, if you're dealing with somebody that's being pushy and trying to use tactics, you need to know how to identify those tactics, which you can. And you need to just be able to take up for yourself. Don't worry about looking like a quote unquote, a Karen or losing your cool because these people are taking advantage of one. They're trying to take advantage of your kindness. And anybody that knows me knows that nothing makes me angrier than when I know somebody is taking advantage of my kindness. I've unfortunately had people in my life that were in my life for a short period of time because of what I could do for them, of the friends they can make through me. I had somebody friend ghost me. She met her husband through me and she made, you know, basically all friends of people that I knew. And I found out later after she friend ghosted me that she was saying negative things about me behind my back and basically disrespecting me the whole way through. And I know she was disrespecting me because she used to make little digs at me. You know, sometimes women do that. Well, what makes you think you're a trophy wife or what makes you think you're so pretty? When women say things like that, it's really how they feel about themselves. So this person was making digs at me. She was saying mean things about me behind my back, yet she was using me because she wanted to make friends through me. I was only her friend when she needed me. When she didn't need me anymore, I wasn't her friend. We've dealt with that before too. You know, if you're in a situation where you feel like somebody doesn't really care about you or once you, only wants you around for a good time, you know, ditch them. If somebody only calls you when they want to go out and party, but they don't really listen to you or don't really care what you want to do, say no. Again, feel okay with saying the word no to things that you don't want to do, things that don't serve you. Now, let's see. I got off on a tangent. Oh, all right. So here's my phrase for today. And I'm going to say this. It is perfectly okay to say no to what doesn't increase your wealth or help your mental health. I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. It is perfectly okay to say no to what doesn't increase your wealth or your mental health. I deal with this internally a lot still today. If somebody's trying to pressure me into drinking, um, the person that goes to the party and drinks a croix. And ever since I've been okay with saying, yeah, no, I don't want to drink. No, I'm staying hydrated. I have found that people have respected my boundaries. And when I became that person that puts myself first in a lot of situations, I'm attracting people that respect my boundaries and don't try to violate me. If, you know, something that's been good about the pandemic is it's also helped me say no to going to crowded places or going out to, you know, just doing things I don't want to do. Sometimes I like to spend time by myself cooking and like I did Sunday. It was such a rarity just to sit on my couch and watch TV. 
That was extremely rare for me. And I was so rewarding to be able to do that. So, you know, if you're being asked to partake in an activity you don't want to say, hey, why don't we uh, go to a sporting event instead? Or if you're being asked to buy something, say, you know what? I'm just not interested. I hope you find the clients you're looking for. Or say, I'm not the right client for you. I had people push me into or try to push me into being a personal coach of mine. And somebody kind of come after me for that, ask me a lot of questions, try to get into my emotions. And I wasn't ready for her to do that. And I had to say, look, I prefer to do this journey on my own. I really don't think I need coaching. I think this is something that you're pushing on me because that's what you want to do. But I know your client is out there somewhere. So another reason to say no is not only to make more space for yourself, but you might be making more space for the person that is trying to sell to you, make more space for them to find the right clients. If you say no to going out and drinking, that person has an opportunity to find people that will close the bars down with them. So just think about that when you're saying no to something that you don't want to do or don't want to be a part of. And the one of the major important realizations to say no is that the people who belong in your life are not going to be offended if you say no. The things that you really need to buy or the things that you really want, you're not going to hesitate to say yes to them and you're going to find a way to get them. Nobody is going to have to pressure you into buying them. And if you're like me and sometimes you still struggle with it because you are that kind of person that wants to make other people happy or, you know, fall into your emotions, it's okay to practice and saying no. You can even coin phrases such as, no is my final answer. Please don't ask again. Or no, but you have fun. Or you know what? Thanks for considering me or thanks for reaching out to me, but I have another commitment. Or hey, you know, I'm really glad you reached out to me and I think that sounds like a great product, but it's not for me. So no, thank you. Thanks, but no thanks helps. So just keep practicing saying that. Get comfortable with it. That is the ultimate thing you got to do. You got to get comfortable saying the word no. This message is simple, but it's super powerful for me is being okay with saying no. And the people that ask you should be okay with you saying no. If they're not okay with you saying no, they don't even belong in your space. So good riddance. And when dealing with a cult member at your door, uh, pushy cosmetic counter lady or cashier wanting you to open up a line of credit to save measly 10% say, Hey, thanks for asking, but that's just not for me in Tennessee. A good way. This is just my personal hack to get around to the credit card question. Hey, would you like to save 10% by applying for this credit card? Say, you know what? I'm a Dave Ramsey fan and he doesn't advise doing credit cards. So I'm not going to do it. That actually gets people in Tennessee every single time. When you tell them you're a Dave Ramsey fan, even if you're not a Dave Ramsey fan, Tell them you're a Dave Ramsey fan and they usually get off your back. So there's just a little hack on there in case you deal with the credit card, the pushy cashier who's trying to meet her credit card quota. And also remember that a lot of times when people say yes to things such as a credit card or $30 lipstick, $30 leggings, sometimes it's because they are told that it's not polite to say no. But guess what? Sometimes saying no is just like ripping off a Band-Aid. You might be hurting their feelings, but if you really hurt their feelings because you don't want about $30 leggings, well, you know, they've probably got emotional issues themselves that they need to deal with. Or if you really say no to somebody charging you 
$15,000 more than the Kelly Blue Book value of the car, well, you're probably not going to hurt their feelings. You're just going to make them astounded by proving them wrong, or they've really got some issues if they think they can fool you into spending way more on a car than you need to. So another easy way to say no, one last thing, and it's just watch your surroundings. If you're around people that tend to be assertive until they get their way, if you're around the spoiled brat that constantly thinks everybody should do what she wants to do, or if that person only calls you if they need a favor, block their number. If you're around somebody that constantly gets their way all the time or will fight and be assertive, don't be around them. You have no obligation to hang out with anyone that does not respect your boundaries. And something that I had to do in my early 30s was I had to learn to forgive people for pressuring me and peer pressuring me into making decisions I didn't want to make. But I really had to learn to forgive myself for making decisions, for saying yes to things that did not serve me. And when I realized it's because I wish I would have just made the decision that was right with my gut instead of signing up for the cosmetic company or going on a vacation that I really didn't need to go on just because I didn't want to miss out on anything. Just a lot of decisions that I made. If I I really looked back at it, I really just should have taken it for myself and set those boundaries. But you know what? I've grown to be that kind of person now that sets those boundaries. And if you're listening, I hope you're the kind of person that is setting those same boundaries as well and not being afraid to it. And I kind of want to leave you with a quote that I had found. And it is from the creator of Hamilton, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. He not only created Hamilton, we've watched Hamilton the musical. He did another musical called In the Heights that has been nominal. It's about the Dominican culture. And I fell in love with it, but this guy's obviously brilliant. And his quote that I think really fits perfect for this episode, it says, you will have to say no to things to say yes to your work, and it's going to be worth it. Well, let me repeat it. You will have to say no to things to say yes to your work, and it will be worth it. Now, just think if Miranda would have committed to other things other than his brilliant work, what would this world be deprived of? So next time you're faced with a tough decision or you really are asked to buy something you really don't want or to commit to something that you don't want to commit to, just remember that it's okay to say no. And if you really want to buy the product, it's okay to say yes to. Thank you guys again for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Feel free to leave me any feedback. I might have a few counterpoints from when I saw this documentary. Might have a few counterpoints for you next week, but maybe not. I asked a person for a counterpoint and I don't know if she's going to get it to me or not, but I've also got a lot of cool upcoming guests for you guys. And I've got a lot of great content that I'm writing. I've got some Halloween themed content. I'm going to talk about psychopaths. I did a survey a couple weeks ago. I said, who wants to hear an episode on psychopaths? Well, 47 people voted and they all voted yes. So that is coming up for you. Uh, Yeah. So I'm really excited about what I'm bringing to you in the next coming weeks, but I really hope you enjoyed what I had to say today. today. This message, it is simple. It's be okay with saying no, but I'm telling you, it's going to open up so much freedom in your life if you haven't been practicing setting boundaries and saying no already. So thanks again. And I can't wait to share again with you next week.
Thank you again for listening to For Better Self and Net Worth, an independent podcast. If you enjoy the show, please feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Amazon and help me get the word out. Help support the show and also feel free to connect with me on Instagram. My handle is Elokonomic or check out the For Better Self and Net Worth webpage. It's www.forbetterselfandnetworth.com. I look forward to connecting with you guys and sharing more value. And again, I cannot thank you enough for supporting my podcast. Mm-hmm.